welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Now, cyclical microdosing is something that I'm working on, and it is the practice of microdosing in a cycle-informed way. Hmm. So it looks very different for every person. It might look like taking the medicine more often in the second half of your cycle and less often in the first. That's what I currently do. So it would look like maybe taking the medicine three or four days and then having a few days off. Hmm. in the second half of your cycle and then repeating that for the next week. Um, and then, you know, in inner spring and summer, the first half of your cycle, maybe you would take the medicine day one, skip a couple of days, take it again, skip a couple of days. So I have had painful periods and cycles and incredibly heavy periods since I first started my period. And being a certified health coach and having so many talented menstrual health experts in my network has allowed me to use food as medicine and create lifestyle changes to improve my cycle. But I still suffer every month with pain before and during my period and even pain with ovulation. And I still have a pretty heavy flow. And that is where Elix comes in. Their cycle balance tincture is actually personalized just for you. So mine all say Samantha and handwritten lettering on the side of the bottle. And they include a tailored blend of medicinal herbs to holistically support menstrual symptoms by treating the underlying imbalances. And in fact, 93% of users have reported reductions in symptoms such as cramps, heavy bleeding, mood swings, irregular cycles, bloating, fatigue, anxiety and stress, migraines, PMS, and actually many more. I have already seen an incredible decrease in my pain and even if in my flow, something I thought I would just have to live with for the rest of my life. And I've even been experiencing less fatigue and fewer mood swings. So thank goddess for that. <laughs> and if you want to try this out and take the assessment and order your first bottle, you can use the code SamanthaN20 and you can get 20% off of your first order if you use the code SamanthaN20. You'll do this at elixhealing.com or you can just use the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Samantha Nagel. If it's your first time here, welcome. And if you're coming back, hi there again. Today I talked to Leslie Draffin, and she is a microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, feminine embodiment mentor, and she has a podcast called The Light Within, which I was on recently as well. And we talked about intuitive eating in that episode if you want to go check it out. Leslie is passionate about eradicating shame and fear around women's bodies, cycles, and psychedelics. And so in this episode, we do use the word women, but when we say that, we do mean all cyclical beings or all feminine people. She supports conscious women and people who want to heal themselves through psychedelic integration, womb reconnection, and cyclical living. She believes plant medicine has the power to bring us home to ourselves, awaken our authenticity, and heal the trauma that can so often be locked in our subconscious. So this is our first episode, I think, ever really talking about microdosing, maybe at all. I don't think it's ever really come up in any other episode. Um, so in this episode, we talk about her own personal journey with microdosing. She used that mostly to heal and integrate her own anxiety, depression, PTSD, and burnout. And we also talk about burnout and what that looked like for her specifically, which is a very common experience. And we also talked about the like internal signs and nudges from her intuition that allowed her to break free of the life that was no longer 
mm, supporting her or no longer had interest for her or no longer was in her best interest. Um, we talked about what microdosing is. We talked about mostly psilocybin mushroom microdosing. Um, we talked about how you can do it intentionally and safely and what the benefits are of doing so could be. And we talked about cyclical living people, mostly people born in feminine bodies and what they could benefit from microdosing. We also talked a little bit about the taboos around periods and psychedelics. Um, this was a really great episode. I do just want to remind you that this is for educational purposes only. Leslie is only sharing her experiences and her knowledge, and neither of us claim any responsibility, um, or, or more I should say, neither one of us are giving medical advice. Um, so we're not telling you that you should microdose or that you shouldn't. Um, we're not recommending a certain kind of protocol. Um, she does talk about some different protocols as well as one that she herself is doing. Um, but by sharing that, she's not recommending that that's necessarily what you should do because everyone's different. So if that is something that you're interested in talking to your provider and seeing if that works for you, if that works for the medications that you're on or the um, diagnoses that you might have um, would be really important to do. So information on the internet is always amazingly helpful, um, but it's always good to do your own information or own research as well. Just putting that out there. Um, but I really loved this episode and I think you will too. If you did like it, feel free to share with someone, uh, maybe share on social media or with someone that you think will enjoy it and maybe even give it a rating and review. But I hope you enjoy this episode with Leslie. So I'm curious, what does empowered spirituality mean for you? Mm. For me, empowered spirituality means standing in your power in your own true authenticity. And the only mm. way I've ever been able to access that is to be very connected with my spirituality. For me, they go very much hand in hand. Mm. I, I am my most empowered when I am my most spiritual and vice versa. Mm. Yeah. What does that mean to you when you're, your, when you're your most spiritual? When I am living intentionally, when I focus on being in the present and really feeling each moment versus rushing around, feeling like I have to be somewhere or to do something else that's more important. Um, mm. When I am very connected with rituals, pulling cards, um, being with the mm. moon, um, singing with my cycle, I, I find that I, I'm often my most spiritual when I'm bleeding. And uh, I think that's because as a period coach, um, I like to do a lot of blood rituals, <laughs> mm, <laughs> like yeah. collect my blood, look at my blood. Mm. I put it on my face as a face mask. So for mm -hmm. me, being embodied in those parts of, of my life makes me feel most spiritual and then in turn makes me feel most empowered. Mm. And I love that because it's also doing such a service to others to model that behavior. You know, I, I feel like at times I'll feel disconnected from those behaviors and from those practices. Mm. Um, and that's like when I, and, and I'll notice it in relationships or I'll notice it in the way that, you know, I'm disassociating into scrolling the internet or reading a book in a day and, you know, as one might do. Mm -hmm. And it's those little moments where I'm able to pull myself back in and be like, no, like, you don't have anywhere else to be that's more important than this. And your, your um, need to check out is probably showing you that you need more of these things in your life. So, you know, mm. that's really been my practice. Mm, I love that you said that. It's something I've been reflecting on with rest as well. I think I've heard this narrative that, you know, like TV or numbing out is not like productive rest, which is so funny, <laughs> first of all, to hear the term productive rest. Um, but I love that you said like, yeah, if I'm doing these things, it means that I need it. So it means I need to prioritize this, not that there's something wrong with me. Yeah, I did an Instagram 
reel a couple of weeks ago where it was like, you think you're resting when you're scrolling through your phone at night as you quote unquote <laughs> decompress before sleep, but yeah. that is not resting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. For me, resting has been the biggest lesson over the last year as I left my TV job due to some mental health struggles and <laughs> found myself with nothing to do, you know, except, mm-hmm. you know, except building my business as a coach. But like for the majority of times, just being at home and, and, and understanding that that's okay. And that I'm still a worthy person, even though I'm resting and I'm not doing the hustle culture that I was so addicted to for 30 something years, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's been a massive lesson for me too. Yeah. So I'm curious, you just said leaving your career as a TV journalist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that you have started going down this path of working with plant medicine, connecting to your womb, learning more about your cycles and helping other people. Um, So I'm curious, did that happen before or after that career shift? It started before. So Mm -hmm. I 19 when I really started to feel more called to things like crystals and moon rituals and tarot and astrology and all the little gateway drugs that usually like lead us into the deep spiritual, like dark night of the soul. Um, you know, (laughs) all of the fun little tools we have at our disposal that really just lead us into the deep, dark shadow work that we're avoiding, but we desperately need. Yeah. So That was in 2019. I came off of the pill in 2020 because I felt so deeply called to get the synthetic hormones out of my body so that I could feel what it really meant to be in my feminine. And Mm -hmm. I felt like the pill was stifling my creative flow and my creative energy as a woman, because as I read more about the cycle and how deeply necessary it is. I just Mm -hmm. knew that I wasn't experiencing that. Like I wanted to experience the highs and the lows Mm -hmm. um, versus how I always just kind of felt static on the pill. Mm -hmm. And so that was in 2020. That was the year I also um, really started studying to be a meditation teacher. And then the Mm -hmm. following year after I had healed my PCOS, which was in my opinion, brought on by being on the pill for 16 years, mm-hmm. um, I found out about a menstrual cycle coaching course, got into that, and still was working my TV job. Um, wow. I was an evening news anchor and managing editor for a TV station in Texas. Um, highly stressful career field, highly stressful industry that mm-hmm. just got like hammered in the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. so in 2022, I started experiencing a lot of physical manifestations of burnout. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's also when I thankfully found intentional plant medicine work. Um, For Mm -hmm. me, intentional microdosing with magic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just been like one step after the other, after the other. First, it was my spiritual awakening. And then it was coming off the pill to, to connect with my cycle. And then it was plant medicine. All of those things, I think, were leading me to this um, calling within myself that I knew was there but didn't want to look at, that I needed mm. to leave TV news. I needed to check out of this industry that was hurting my mental health in so many ways. And so mm. I took mental health leave last summer. After I was diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety, burnout, and some low-grade depression, and I had experienced depression in my 20s as well, I left for a three-month hiatus and then never went back and and experienced a whole lot of trauma uh, last summer from for some other because of some other Mm. things, um, including two of my three dogs passing away very suddenly. Mm. Um, And so now I have completed training to be a microdosing practitioner and Mm. uh, as well as an integration specialist. So someone who helps people integrate after psychedelic journeys Mm. as another way to, I think, help myself heal and evolve. And Mm. a lesson that I have seen within myself is that I tend to be somebody who will do the work and heal themselves and learn all the things and then naturally start attracting people who also need to do the same work. (laughs) And so I feel like that's kind of what led me to being a coach um, because I wanted to be there for people who were in the same experiences I had been in. I felt Mm. very alone when I stopped taking the pill. I did not know anybody who was doing this work. Mm. Um, 
most of my friends were either happily married with children or were still on the pill or some type of birth control themselves. And none of them were, you know, deeply spiritual and looking at the menstrual cycle from, you know, a witchy perspective like myself. So I felt Mm -hmm. really alone. And so that was what led me to the coaching certificate program. Um, And I think what ultimately has led me to where I am now, I just want to be a supporter and a cheerleader for people Mm -hmm. who know they have more awaiting them on the other side of healing, but maybe they aren't exactly sure where to go first or how to do it themselves. Mm, That's so beautiful. I think what's so powerful about that is modeling how we can create what we need and some like the perfect space for us doesn't always exist, but we can always make it and we can always make those spaces for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Mm. I want to talk more about microdosing and plant medicine, but I'm curious, you said that you were having signs of burnout. So what did burnout look like for you, if you don't mind sharing? Mm. Oh, gosh, I know. I think it's so important. So mm-hmm. to understand a little bit about why I was being so burnt out, um, my job in 2020 was to be the essential anchor. So I was the one who was at the station. If you guys remember, if you watched the news, you probably saw people anchoring from their home. They never let me mm-hmm. do that because they said that I was too, I was the one they could rely on. And oh, wow. so my co-anchor got to sit at home. Um, and so what that meant for me was that I had a lot more work to do. And I had a lot more people's trauma to absorb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm talking people who would call us at the TV station and wouldn't let us off the phone. Like it was usually elderly people who were alone in their homes who were terrified. And I had to mm. listen to their stories. And it wasn't like I could put this on the news. It was just people. I was like yeah. being a therapist, a fucking mm. therapist at the news station. <laughs> like I felt so bad, but I'm like, I also had so much other work to do. Yeah. So that was one thing. Um, And then all of the mass shootings, like seeing so much of the worst of humanity Hmm. really started to grind me down. And so Mm -hmm. it started with just me not being passionate about it anymore. Like I've wanted to do this since I was in fifth grade and my husband, when I've talked to him about it kind of recently in the past couple of months, he's like, first I saw a light go out in your eyes when you'd have to go to work. Hmm. Like you weren't lit up about it anymore. And then I started getting sick. So I was sick from like January to March of 2022 with what was like, um, I guess it was kind of upper respiratory or allergies. You know, Mm -hmm. I live in Texas. Allergies are really bad where we are, but this was like allergies on steroids. Like I was just Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? And so I thought I had COVID in the beginning, took a week off of work because I felt horrible, but then I never really got better. And Mm -hmm. so what I now see is that was my body, the final straw that it was like, no, you need to rest. You need to stop. And those were kind of the, the physical manifestations crying, like breaking down on the news Hmm. and crying on air. Like I went through a nasty divorce in my late twenties while I was a morning news anchor. I never cried once on air about that shit, Hmm. but I was, I cried multiple times And then the last straw really was we had this horrific school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 elementary school students were murdered in their classroom and two other teachers. And I had to solo anchor because we were understaffed and something else had happened. So my co-anchor was doing the morning show. And it was like me reading out all these babies' names and like what they Mm -hmm. loved and like what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I was like, this is horrible. And I just cried. And so for me, it was crying. It was no longer having like a passion for it. And it was also Mm. feeling just physically terrible. That's what burnout looked like for me. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, And you, you earlier had said you felt this calling within that you needed to leave and that you needed to start to shift your life and also get off the pill. Mm -hmm. So I know what your burnout signs look like. Was the calling from within similar or was that different? You know, it was around the job, it was a little different because looking back, I don't think I ever was consciously aware that this is where the universe was leading me. 
You know, mm -hmm. I, I was in a bargaining phase for sure. You know, after I got my certification to be a menstrual cycle coach, I knew that that's what lit me up. Like I wanted to talk to people about their periods and about things that were taboo and about their life. I didn't want to talk about like whatever was happening in politics and so-and-so mm -hmm. murdering so-and-so and some horrible thing happening around the world. So I knew that the, the like writing was on the wall for me to mm -hmm. leave, but I was in a very, it's like grief, right? Periods of grief. I was in the bargaining phase. <laughs> I was like, um, maybe I can sign one more contract and I know I won't have to stay the whole time, but you know, maybe I'll just stay. Cause it's, I was making six figures. You know, I was the breadwinner. Yeah. I had been in this industry for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And so I was like the death grip rat, like the death grip on this career yeah. of mine, holding on so tightly, such white knuckling it that I don't know if I consciously even saw how much of a sign I was getting from all these other spaces that this wasn't in alignment for me anymore. And this wasn't what I needed to do. And so when I did take the mental health leave last summer, I did not take that thinking I would never come back. I, mm -hmm. I took it thinking I could rest for three months and get my shit together and then go back and do another couple of years because I was going to resign my contract. Um, and I was like, okay. And the, again, the bargaining, but what happened was for the first month I fought with my, um, what is it? MetLife, which is like the people mm. who run your disability claims. I fought with them for a month to like actually make them approve this. So mm. I was stressed for the first four weeks. And mm -hmm. then I just started looking at that last date on the calendar, the date I was supposed to go back. And it was like a ticking time bomb just mm. day after day after day marking one day closer. And I finally just got to the space in month three where I was like, I can't see myself going back. I don't even remember how to do this job anymore. Mm, like wow. clearly I could still do the job, but like part of me was thinking, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know how to do it. Mm. And then I read a book that completely shifted things for me. I've talked about this book so many times. It's called, it's not your money. It's by Tosha Silver. And it's basically about opening to divine abundance. And in it, she mm. talks about how we latch on to these transient anchors, these things we think are linking us to stability, like a job, like a relationship. And she used the word anchor and I was a news anchor. Yeah. And I'm like, did she write this fucking book for me? <laughs> like, yeah. oh my goddess. So basically it talks about like when you link yourself to this thing you think is keeping you safe, it's really just keeping you from opening to all of the abundant ways you could be fully protected and provided for by the universe. I describe it as I was holding on so hard to this job, white knuckling this job, that the second I released it and my palms became open, I could then accept all the things the universe was ready to give me. Hmm. But that was not... <laughs> That didn't come like immediately. I think that's just mm. from now, you know, me integrating the whole situation. If you'd asked me this question eight months ago, um, I probably would not have as much clarity on it. I clearly, mm. I definitely wouldn't have as much clarity. Um, but looking back at it now, there were so many signs. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds like one of the main signs was dread kind of for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Dread, feeling exhausted feeling mm. like there has to be something more than this mm. where, you know, I remember going to work in my early twenties and feeling like I was doing good. Like I was actually doing good. And the pandemic I think showed me that the news is shady, shady industry and it's super toxic. Mm. And uh, I already, I already knew that the news was a very toxic industry. Um, yeah, but it just became something that was no longer in alignment. And what's funny is, you know, I was so worried while I took those three months off about me choosing to release the job. And would I regret my choice if I decided not to go back on my own? Well, mm. the week before I was supposed to go back, my um, news station let me know that they were not going to renew my contract. Oh my goodness. And so I'm like, oh, it was the universe finally being like, okay, honey, if you're not confident enough to say bye to this on your own, then we will just take it from you because you already are pretty much, I was already at like 97% sure I wasn't going to go back, but that yeah. little 3% <laughs> wow. was a strong 3%. And the universe, I think was just like, okay, baby, like 
we're going to take it from you that and that way, you know, it wasn't your choice. You don't have to blame mm. yourself or regret that you walked away from it. You can just say they took it from you if you need to. Yes. If I needed to. And I haven't found that I needed to, but it was just one mm. other thing that I felt the universe was just really doing to have my back. Mm. Wow. What did that calling feel like when you started working with microdosing? Was that different? For me, I first heard about microdosing, interestingly enough, from my boss. Oh. <laughs> he, he had read, I used to do a weekly healthy living series, and he had read Mike, uh, Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. And he mm. kind of mentioned in passing, wouldn't it be cool if you could do a story on microdosing? And I was like, well, it's illegal, so I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do that. Mm. And this was yeah. like two years ago or however long, when that book first came out. And then I heard um, a woman talking about it on a podcast. And for me, and, and I'm sure that you can agree with this and anyone who believes in the universe's synchronicities, yes. it's like once you see a thing or you think a thing, it starts to become more and more in your awareness. Mm -hmm. And so I had listened to this podcast and then it was just like suddenly all over my Instagram. And I had done mushrooms before um, and, and enjoyed them. You know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't do psychedelics until I was in my thirties. I grew up in the deep South in a very conservative Christian family where psychedelics mm -hmm. and drugs were very bad. And I was very scared of it. Um, but now I know that I was just very scared of my own consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it felt for me like an opportunity to try something that would hopefully help the things that I was experiencing. So I started microdosing in March of 2022 when I, I had just finally started to feel better. You know, I'd had those three months of being sick and I still was very anxious. Clearly it was very anxious. I was feeling a little bit more um, depressed than I had in the recent past. And I was very deeply in burnout. And so looking at the studies around how mushrooms specifically can help with things like depression and anxiety, I was like, okay, well, maybe this is something that could work for me. And then I heard some more people talk about it on a podcast and, and I really felt called to use them to help me with some blocks around sex that I was having issues with, with my husband mm -hmm. and to help me feel more creative in my business. So that's like my intention of going into microdosing. But the way that I remember wording it is I want to feel more open to receiving sexual pleasure and more open to abundance in my business. Well, what I've learned is that the mushrooms often give you what you need, not necessarily what you want. Mm. And I think what they heard was I, I want to be more open to receiving. They didn't mm. hear pleasure or abundance. They just open to receiving. And so that has been truly clearly the lesson that I have been integrating over the last year with the universe's help and with mushrooms help being open to what's coming, mm. what's, what's, being given to me and what I'm being blessed with, thanks to the universe, thanks to the mushrooms, but in general, how I can open myself up to feeling worthy enough to receive all of these blessings um, and worthy enough to be in this space without being productive anymore, without being in hustle anymore, without having a six-figure news anchor job anymore. Hmm. How to be worthy enough without... Oh, that's so good. Because you're inherently worthy despite mm -hmm. the things that you do or the amount that you can produce. Yep. And I and I feel like for me and for a lot of people that I know, that's such a struggle. Mm -hmm. um, and in the news industry, that's like one of the reasons why it's so toxic. They treat you like shit. They pay you like shit. And then they tell you you're lucky to be there. Mm. Like it's, it's very much a narcissistic, like toxic relationship. Um, and so it was very much, you're only worthy. If you look a certain way, you're only worthy. If you can speak mm. a certain way, you're only worthy. If you get to this station at this city and you make this much money. And so yeah. as I released that identity and opened to the possibilities, I have been working on this feeling of worthiness um, and feeling worthy, like I said, when I'm doing nothing, mm. you know, I, I talked about this with some friends recently. It's like, when you stop 
doing all the things like when you check out of hustle culture and you start slowing down something that's gonna fucking come up is worthiness because you are gonna feel like you don't know what to do with yourself and that if you're not doing x y and z you don't matter like i sudden i have had to grapple with that do i even matter anymore am i worthy anymore Mm. because i'm not you know this person on tv or this person doing this and so for me the mushrooms have really just held me during these lessons. Um, and I've described it as like, I feel like their arms are wrapped around me, holding me and supporting me and making me feel safe in some of my very trying times. Hmm. So for those people who don't know, what is microdosing? Yeah. So microdosing is the practice of taking a, a sub perceptual dose of some type of plant medicine. You can microdose with many things. My choice is psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms. And so a subperceptual dose is like a tiny little dose. You're not seeing anything funny. The walls aren't breathing. Colors don't have sounds. Like you're not tripping. It's enough Mm. to, um, sometimes it may make you feel like you've had a cup of coffee. Sometimes it may feel like you've had a glass of wine, like if you're really, Mm. really in tune with how your body feels. But Mm -hmm. the majority of the time, you won't feel anything physically whatsoever. You can still drive. You can still work. You can still parent. But what it does is it helps to open. Mm. You know, it's a very open and expansive type of medicine. And you can take it in a couple different forms. The easiest way is to do it in a capsule. Um... And you would probably take somewhere between 0.1 grams and 0.5 grams, depending on your own sensitivity. What's interesting is that dosing for uh, for microdosing has nothing to do with your size, has nothing to do with your weight. It's really all dependent on your own sensitivity. Mm, And so it's, it's kind of a learning process. Start small, start small, and then kind of gradually increase if you feel like you need to. And what will happen ultimately is you will find that you've maybe taken a little too much. It happens Mm -hmm. to all of us as we're trying to get that dose dialed in. And what that might feel like is maybe you feel like you had two glasses of wine. Maybe you feel a little woozy. Maybe you do start to see that the texture on the wall feels like it's moving. And what I would say, if that's something you experience is that it's absolutely normal to have that experience when Mm -hmm. you're first starting out cancel the plans for the next couple of hours, listen to some music, breathe, everything's going to be fine. Hmm. That's usually what would happen if you, you know, accidentally took a little too much. And then as far as safety goes, you know, psilocybin is really one of the safest things that you can put in your body. You know, as far as side effects, there are some drugs that are um, not, that can be like contraindications. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't have the list in front of me, but you can very easily find that for yourself. Um, MAOIs and like heart issues are, are a couple of things that you would want to look out for. Um, but really the biggest side effect would be interrupted sleep. So if you were to take your microdose at night, it, it may make you feel very alert and awake. So you'd have trouble sleeping. And then the other one is if you accidentally take a little too much and you're no longer mm. microdosing, you're probably mesodosing or taking a museum dose where you're just going to have to cancel plans for the next couple of hours and hang out in your room, just calmly listen to music or whatever. Yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm, so you mentioned that it's great for opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also mentioned something about integration as well. So Does that mean that mushrooms are good for integrating or is that just something that you do specifically? So for me, in my experience and in my opinion and in the work that I do, if you are choosing to get into a relationship with plant medicines through microdosing, integration is essential because without it, you won't process what comes up and you really won't be doing the deep inner healing. So integration is truly the act of seeing what comes up, noticing it, and embodying the messages. And the funny part about integration is like, it literally lasts forever. I'm still integrating messages from a plant medicine journey. I did a year ago on my birthday, things will still come up in an aha moment, but integration Mm -hmm. is something that can be challenging to do on your own. Um, and it's why I worked with a coach when I first started this. It's why I suggest others work with coaches as well. Um, just that you understand how to truly do this practice 
to help, right? For growth, for healing, for, you know, therapeutic purposes. Um, because you certainly can microdose intentionally on your own, but if you really want to up-level it and you want it to sink in and, and to really go deep, that's, I think, when support is so essential. Mm, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And you work a lot with women and people who cycle with the moon. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious, what does that look like to match that cyclical health with microdosing? So what's fascinating for me is I recently realized that I think women could benefit most from microdosing out of anybody. Mm, and, I, and I haven't seen anyone else making these claims. So it's my theory. And like I've said before, I don't know all the answers. I'm still learning and I will always be learning. But here's the theory on this. And this is why I think it's true. So women are more often diagnosed with things like anxiety and depression and PTSD. When you look at the statistics. And women also have cyclical pain. We have PMS, we have PMDD. The other thing that's been so fascinating over the last couple of decades is that women's happiness is on the decrease. Mm. We think about, you know, the happiness project, I think was what started doing this study. They looked at women's happiness from like 1970 on. And even though we have made big strides in equal rights and getting closer to equal pay, our happiness has gone down while male happiness has gone up. So I took all those things into account. And then I realized that mushrooms specifically have been shown to help with anxiety and treatment resistant depression. They can help you feel more in your body and feel happier. And there's been some really interesting research out there that suggests that they could also help with PMDD. Now, PMDD is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It's like PMS on steroids. And so I'm like, okay, if all of these things are true, then of course women would benefit from microdosing maybe more than anybody else. Now, cyclical microdosing is something that I'm working on with myself as my, my guinea pig <laughs> and I, and, and a client of mine who I'm working with, uh, working in on it with them as well. And it is the practice of microdosing in a cycle informed way. Hmm. So it looks very different for every person. It might look like taking the medicine more often in the second half of your cycle and less often in the first. That's what I currently do. So it would look like maybe taking the medicine three or four days and then having a few days off hmm. in the second half of your cycle and then repeating that for the next week. Um, and then, you know, in inner spring and summer, the first half of your cycle, maybe you would take the medicine day one, skip a couple of days, take it again, skip a couple of days. The reason behind this is for me, in the second half of the cycle, that's when my anxiety peaks. In the first half of the cycle, that's when I tend to be very creative and very much in flow. So using the mushrooms to help me on days when I feel anxious, that would be when I would take the medicine, say on Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday in the week before my cycle, leaving a couple of days afterwards to integrate the messages that come up because that's really essential here. You know, you're not going to microdose every single day. You're always going to take some days off and that's for a couple of reasons. One, so that you don't develop a um, psychological dependence on the medicine or that your body doesn't actually mm -hmm. build up a tolerance to it because you can, but more so, so that you can experience what it's like to have the afterglow. Um, mm. to integrate the things that do come up. So for me, what that feels like is in the second half of my cycle, when my anxiety is high and I take a couple of, um, days where I'm doing a microdose day on day one and day two and day three, and then I take day four and day five off, for example, on day four and day five, even though I'm not consuming the medicine, I'm still seeing the benefits of feeling calmer, of being more connected with myself, of being out of my head and more in my heart. And so that's my practice of cyclical microdosing. In inner spring and summer, in the weeks right after my period, when my anxiety is low, when I'm generally much more confident, the thing I usually try to focus on, especially in business, is new creative ideas and, and coming up with brainstorming new plans for offers or um, content for Instagram, for instance, or even my podcast. 
So what I may do during those weeks is take the medicine on day one, take day two and day three off, take the medicine on day four, day five and day six off. It's fewer actual medicine days Hmm. and more integration because for me, that's when I really can still see the effects of this excellent idea I had on the medicine and put it into practice. So that's my theory of cyclical microdosing. Like I said, it is a working theory that I am still experimenting with myself and with clients. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, there are so many protocols out there and and Mm -hmm. cyclical microdosing would be a protocol. Hmm. A protocol is, is your schedule of taking the medicine. Um, my theory of cyclical microdosing combines two very famous protocols. One's the statements protocol and one's the Fatiman protocol. And those are like heavy hitters leading, you know, researchers in this field. And those have been widely accepted as very healing protocols for a whole lot of people. But being that the things that I teach and the things that I work with clients on are cycle informed. Mm-hmm. The cycle is always about your intention. So I just gave you an example of what cyclical microdosing could look like for me, but I'm not saying that's not what, that I might not totally switch it up next month because it's your intuition that I feel like is the most important part of this whole entire thing, your mm. intuition and your intention. So you could microdose in a many different ways. You could choose many different ways to have a protocol or a regimen around using the medicine intentionally. And I think the most important thing is listening to your body and listening to your heart and going at this um, in a way that feels very much like a collaborative relationship versus Mm. you ever thinking that it's a magic pill because it certainly is not going to do the work for you. Um, My teachers say it will open the door, but you still have to walk through. I like Mm. to add, it will open the door, but you have to walk through and it will hold your hand while you do it. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that you mentioned that it's a collaboration because I think as humans and also like as a colonizing group of humans, I think we can tend to take ownership of things that maybe aren't ours to take ownership over. Mm -hmm. And so I love that approach of stepping back from the, I'm taking this, it's going to do this for me, I'm in charge and stepping more into that receptive collaborative mode where we do honor not only other people, but other entities or other, hmm, just other living things. Mm-hmm. like mushrooms or like other things. Um, I think that's really beautiful that you touched on that. Yeah. I think that without the relationship to the medicine, mm-hmm. the healing really will not happen. I think that that's essential and other people will have different opinions about that. But for me, what is true is that when I was working with a coach last year, I didn't really have a very strong connection to the medicine. I didn't have a relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And while it was very helpful and and healing in its own way to work with that coach, it's been crafting this very intentional relationship with the medicine for me over the last several months that has truly brought on the healing. And maybe it's also the fact that I had a lot more to heal. A lot more mm-hmm. had come to the surface for me after leaving that job, after experiencing the trauma I experienced last summer, after wrestling with this whole idea of worthiness that so much more was on the surface to be dealt with that I felt much more connected to my, my healing and hence my relationship with the medicine. Um, and so maybe that's why it's been just a lot more expansive in the last couple of months. But I really also think that it's truly feeling like I'm in, like you said, like collaboration with this funny little, like, cosmic alien that is here Mm. on planet earth, um, to make me more connected to myself, to make me love myself more, to make me feel more compassionate towards others. And to really feel like I can stand more fully in my authenticity and power, um, because I am such, so much more deeply rooted. Mm. Something that really stands out to me about your work is 
the way that you are creating this authenticity and acceptance around things that have a lot of taboos. <laughs> so not just the period, but also the psychedelics. Um, and I know that you work on those things uh, in collaboration with each other. So I'm wondering how that shows up in your work and with the people that you work with. So it's come to my realization that I think I was put on this planet to talk about things that people don't want to talk about. Mm. Um, you know, I, I always thought I was doing my Dharma as really a teacher. That's not what I found mm -hmm. that my Dharma was. And I felt like I was doing that as a news anchor as well. But now mm. what I realize is that the reason I got into news was to shine a light on the shit that we didn't want to look at to hold people accountable. And so now it's kind of morphed into shining a light on the things that people don't want to talk about because they don't feel like it's acceptable mm. or it's othered. And so a lot of my work, a lot of my work with clients is it's like a little bit about the in and out of here's period 101 and here's cyclical living 101. And it's mostly about Let's look at all of your beliefs around your period or the beliefs you have around plant medicine or the beliefs you have about yourself and how they're holding you back from being fully mm -hmm. alive. Yeah. Because what I've under, what I've realized is coming from anxiety, coming from depression, coming from burnout and PTSD, our life is so incredibly short. And if you're not going to live it fully lit up, then what the fuck are you doing? And for me, being fully lit up and being fully alive means looking at these taboos, <laughs> talking about things people don't want to talk about, um, stopping hiding my light under a bushel. You know, I grew up in the church. That was like a big thing. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Hmm. Um, and so for me, that's still so deeply a part of my own work that I'm sure that's why people who come to work with me need to do the same thing. But it's also yes. so tricky. It's tricky and it's scary. Like the fear that I have about talking about these things, I still have to grapple with. Um, but what I have found is that when I trust the mushroom to take care of me, like I trusted the universe to take care of me and still trust, mm -hmm. I am protected. Because no mm -hmm. matter what is going to happen to me, I believe it's happening for me in one way, shape or another. And that's my next intention. So I'm currently on a break from microdosing because I suggest people take multiple weeks off between a protocol. So I just did eight weeks of microdosing and I've taken, I'm now taking about two to three weeks off and hmm. I already have my next, you know, intention. And I, and I always think that an intention is so essential um, for this practice. So my next intention is I trust myself and the universe. And my last intention was I take my precious time. <laughs> Mm, I love that. So knowing that I am supported and I am held and I am okay and protected and exactly where I'm supposed to be is for me lessons and a message that came from the universe and from the mushrooms and ones that I feel so many people need to hear. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for sharing your intentions. Those are so beautiful. You mentioned people working with you. So I'm curious, how can people work with you or do this work with you? Yeah. So right now I am offering one-on-one -on -one support as I continue to grow in this new capacity, pivoting into um, not just a period coach, but a microdosing coach as well. I'm offering one-on-ones with um, at a much lower price than I'm sure they will be in the future. And I'm also really excited. I'm having a free masterclass coming up on April 11th on mm. mushrooms and your menstrual cycle. <laughs> um, I'm very excited about that. It'll be all about, you know, ways that psilocybin kind of like what we talked about can help women specifically, or those with periods live more fully lit up lives and have fewer period problems. So that's happening on April 11th. I have not set a time yet, but I will, and I will let you know so that you can put it in any show notes and Perfect. you can sign up now for a cyclical microdosing consultation through my Instagram bio. It's a 30 minute call with me where you can ask all of the questions. Um, and I do have to put it out there very clearly that I do not give people 
mushrooms. I do not give them plant medicine. And I also will not tell you where to get them. Um, you can do your own research. This is legal in some places. Unfortunately, it is illegal in a lot of places. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's something that I'm hoping we'll, we will see change. It's certainly over the last few years, the general feeling around psychedelics, I think, is shifting because of how many truly amazing studies we're seeing come out about the benefits of psychedelics. So yeah, it's my hope that in the near future, we're going to see this not lumped into the same category as heroin and cocaine as it is now in a lot of states. Mm, yeah. um, I think that we're really in a renaissance right now as far as psychedelics go and that the tide is turning thanks to some mainstream influencers talking about it, talking about how potent it is. Big name podcasters are talking about this. And so while it isn't legal in some parts of the country, it is shifting in others. So you can do your research and figure out, you know, how to access your medicine, but I don't do that for you. Mm, yes. Thank you for adding that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. I think this was such an insightful and enlightening episode. I don't think we've ever talked about microdosing before. Um, so yeah, if people want to follow you and learn a little bit more, what is your Instagram handle? And it'll my be in the show notes as well. Yeah, of course. My Instagram is at Leslie Draffin. And you'd also want to check out my podcast, The Light Within, which of course mm. you were a guest on. And the reason is because on that podcast, I'm just able to talk a lot more openly about stuff than we are on the internet um, or on social mm. media. So that's where we can talk about um, microdosing. I just did an episode about like the top 10 questions people ask me about microdosing. So cool. if you have any questions about it, you can go there. I also really highly suggest the people who are my teachers, um, Axis Mundi, A-X-I-S-M-U-N-D-I, ceremony.com. They have some amazing courses on microdosing and mesodosing and how to integrate. Um, and they're just beautiful, beautiful souls. So that's a great place to look as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to this episode coming out. Me too. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Empowered Spirituality. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean so much if you shared with a friend or gave it a rating or review so that it can reach even more people. If you want to connect further, perhaps you can consider joining the low-cost monthly membership for virtual new moon circles, weekly guided meditations, tarot pools, and a Discord community. You can find that at ko-fi.com slash bloomingwild, or you can visit my website, samanthanagel.com to work with me further.